the huge gray area. I feel like when talking with other safety professionals is they're wondering, all right, where's OSHA's guidance is as far as we're experiencing a global pandemic. Someone gets sick in your workplace. Did they get sick at the in your workplace or did they get sick at home? How in the world are you supposed to determine that? Welcome to the Apollonia Rockwell Show, where we sit down with Apollonia Rockwell, CEO of True Safety Services, and talk about people, leadership, and growth, and how we as safety professionals can use those things to grow our businesses, save lives, and improve our safety culture. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Apollonia Rockwell Show. My name is Seth Silvers and I'm co-hosting here. Apollonia, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing awesome. How are you, Seth? I am doing pretty well. I can't complain. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about something that is super, super important right now, but it's actually much harder to find like tactile, practical information about. Absolutely. So and that's just kind of what we're going to talk about. So I think the question that I would love to be answered. Like the question that I wish we could answer today is what do safety professionals need to know about COVID safety? Like what do they, what's all the information that they need to know going into 2021 about COVID and like protocols and standards and all this stuff. There's um, so much. Oh yeah. My there's goodness. so much. So like explain to us why that question, like why the answer to that is complicated and why it's not so like, why we can't really answer that question. Yes. Oh my goodness. So there's a million resources out there. So I understand you're a safety manager, just how overwhelming all the information could be. And I think the reason why it's so complicated right now is because, well, one, as of January 21st, President Biden signed an executive order directing OSHA to revise the guidance to employers on workplace safety during COVID. So there's emergency temporary standards in holding. But prior to that, employers have been cited based on OSHA's current regulations. So there's been interpretation letters that OSHA's provided to help um, provide some clarity for employers and, and safety managers and supervisors, but they are, they're letters of interpretation. So they, they are gray in a sense, because they're citing employers, OSHA has has been citing employers on their PPE standard, their respiratory protection standard, um, not reporting the COVID illnesses on OSHA record keeping logs. And so this is all so new to everyone in a sense of citations and penalties go. And so that's why it's so complicated. And- Yeah, and now we're in this holding pattern um, as of January 21st, and this applies to OSHA and MSHA, so um, mining as well, mining industry. So there's a lot. And it kind of seems like because there hasn't this, and it's not that OSHA has been quiet about COVID, like OSHA has talked a lot about COVID, but because there hasn't necessarily been like a Hey, here's across the board what you know what's going on. Yes. It kind of seems like a bunch of different parties have said, like, well, here's what we think should be going on. And so yeah. then like you have safety managers that are looking for resources and they're finding them in so many different places and they might conflict. Tell me a little bit about like 
like what are the different places that safety managers are finding resources right now that might they might be saying the same thing and they might be saying different things like how are where are people going for resources for resources yeah great question so cdc first and foremost so i mean the the colleagues that i have in the safety world are well one i can go to cdc's website see what I can find from there and see how it's parallel to OSHA's guidance. So you can go to OSHA's website right now and there is a COVID um, preparedness page that provides you with resources. And so OSHA, CDC, um, now MSHA's website will have some guidance as well. And those are really the three, the top three places that have always been my, me personally, that's where I'm finding all my resources, Right. OSHA and CDC's website. Does it seem like there's, have you ever like encountered like conflicting advice Yes. or like conflicting standards? And like, let's talk about the de- kind of decision tree conversation around this. Yeah, that's great. So I think the biggest gray area right now are, is, um, is our masks required or not? And, and when, who, what, where, when, how? And so that's a little bit conflicting because um, right now you'll see some employers that are utilizing social distancing as a replacement for masks, as a substitute. So, hey, if you're social distancing, then you don't need to wear a mask. Well, right now, if you go to CDC's website, it clearly states that masks are not to be used in substitute of social distancing. It should be paired both. But where healthcare industries or manufacturing industries and companies are running into that is it's sometimes physically not possible to operate within six feet from the next person or shift work is more difficult. And so um, when it's, when it's, can't be engineered out when a hazard can't be engineered out and you default to just PPE. And so, um, I think that's a big area of confusion and that's where, that's where Biden has, has ordered OSHA to revise their standards and to create an emergency temporary COVID standard that might just require masks. And the big topic of conversation right now are vaccinations. So there's, so much. There's so much to go right. over. Which I know, like, I think who is recommending. Yeah. I think, I think the WHO is saying that like, uh, if you're pregnant, you should not take it. But then the CDC is saying like, no, you're fine. So like, that's right. such a, like, that's a big, that's a big deal and a big example. No, you're exactly right. And, and, um, what I've been seeing too is on CDC's website, um, or any EHS blogs, EHS magazines, what I've been, and even law firms that specialize in OSHA, I've been finding some great resources there, but what they're really talking about right now is the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. So the EEOC is covering whether vaccinations will be worth, can employers require vaccines from all of their employees? And what a lot of law firms right now are recommending is to take this into consideration. So to consider small business, large businesses, to consider requiring vaccinations, but having a flexible policy, just as you said, um, 
flexible in regards to religious beliefs, um, employees with disabilities, so employees covered under under ADA, and just having a flexible policy, but right. nonetheless requiring it. Because at the end of the day, Seth, the big conversation is COVID being spread at the workplace. And it's as simple as we're just, we're trying to slow the spread, right? And that's right. everyone's, I feel like everyone's goal is the same, is to reduce the spread and to save lives and to keep employees, to get, take the label of employees off, to keep humans healthy. And so that's the end goal, I think, for everyone. It's just, how do we get there? Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I know that there's, a lot of, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different voices right now. And hopefully with Biden's executive order and with whatever emergency standard OSHA comes out with, hopefully that provides some clarity, but like, let's just like talk hypothetically and just like some of your non OSHA, but professional advice. Like, what are you, what advice are you giving to clients for like, what, like, what do you do when someone on your team tests positive? And we'll certainly precursor this with saying like, we're not saying an OSHA standard. This is just from like your years of experience in safety and working with your clients. Like, what do you recommend that companies do to like, make sure that they're covered and make sure they're being safe? Like if somebody in their workplace tests positive. Yeah. Great question. So the first thing is one, having a COVID policy and this policy can be ever changing but a policy that is flexible, it's ever-changing, but something that sets the tone for your company and it sets some basic guidelines. And basic guidelines can include health checks, whether that's at the office, that's the front desk, that's um, health checks before um, entering a job site. And you'll see on construction sites or on gas sites, um, even manufacturing plants uh, at the entrance there are just your basic health check that you would normally see if you're going into a store, that's a temperature check and you're um, signing off that you haven't been exposed to COVID, you haven't had any signs and symptoms of COVID. So um, I think health checks in the beginning, um, actually more so the, the middle of last year, middle of 2020, people were a little leery of even that, but, but what we see right now no matter if it's oil and gas or construction industries, most companies are adopting a standard health check. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's first and foremost. Have you had any signs and symptoms of COVID? Have you been exposed to anyone with signs and symptoms? Um, things like that, your basics. And then also we recommend that employees are masked wearing face masks and that we are social distancing and where shift change if that's not feasible that if you are working at a shop and your workspace was within six feet of the next person, that you are, you're, you're engineering out that risk and you're spreading out in the workplace and you're making, and if that's not possible, then that's when you're adding in the shift chain. So that way you're not working side by side with somebody. Right. So that's really important. So PPE, wearing your face masks in addition to social distancing, and so that also leads into lessening your meeting time. And we can still meet and connect through Zoom, through Google Meets, through online, whatever platform. So um, gatherings, safety meetings, company right. meetings, it's best to keep them virtual. 
And if you can't, then we're recommending social distancing while paired up with face masks. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some great, just kind of like general recommendations. I mean, all of this kind of comes down to like, play it safe, right? Play it safe and keep your, and, and keeping your workspace clean and, and the frequency of disinfecting your desk, your workspace, um, again, changing your workspace. You're not in anyone's zone. I mean, those are some right. basics, um, some basic tips that you could take home today if you're not, um, implementing that in your workplace by now. Yeah. And I know, I know some of, you know, some listeners might be like, well, like we want, we want to know what OSHA is saying. We want to know all these things. And I know it's like, it can be frustrating to not to, to feel like, okay, just someone tell me exactly what to do. And it's frustrating to not necessarily have that. Um, I so do. Like, have, oh, go ahead. Go oh ahead. no, go ahead. Just going off of exactly what you said. If, if you're thinking that, man, I just want some black and white guidance. Here's some guidance um, that might help you understand what employers have been cited with. So that's been helpful for me. And that's been, it's been helpful to see, okay, what has OSHA been enforcing? And so the top five citations. Yeah, if, that's um, great. Yeah. It categorized. There's not just five citations, but the categories of citations and penalties um, number one is failure to provide respiratory fit tests, evaluations, and training. Hmm. So initially when face masks were required or, or if you're implementing face masks, if you're an employer, you're requiring face masks, you can't just throw a respirator on an employee and hope that they learn how to use it. You right. have to train your employees how to use your respirator. So there's a huge training piece involved with that. You can't throw any form of PPE at an employee and expect them to know how to use it. So the first one is failure to provide respirator fit tests, evaluations, and training. Second is failure to provide a written respiratory protection program when having employees wear respirators. So again, you can't just throw a, a respirator at someone and it's not even okay to just train them. You have to have a written policy on how you're going to manage that, that program. Right. Number three, failure to report a workplace COVID illness or fatality. So I'll get into this in just okay. a minute um, to provide some clarity and some guidance. So number three, failure to, to report a workplace COVID-19 illness or fatality. Number four is failure to record the illness or fatality on OSHA record keeping forms. And then number five is failure to comply with OSHA's general duty clause. So, so yeah, tell me more about the like failure to report, like the, the reporting side of this. Yes. Yes. That's, that's the huge gray area. I feel like when talking with other safety professionals is they're wondering, all right, where's OSHA's guidance is as far as we're experiencing a global pandemic, someone gets sick in your workplace did they get sick at the, in your workplace or did they get sick at home? How in the world are you supposed to determine that? And so OSHA provided a few guidance, um, some guiding resources here. So if you learn that an employee is sick with COVID, take the following steps per OSHA. Number one, ask the employee how to provide, or I'm sorry, ask the employee how they believe that they may have contracted the COVID-19 illness. And while respecting the employee privacy, discuss with the employee what their work routine is and what their 
out of work routine is while respecting their privacy, but just, you know, have a simple conversation with them. Is like, mm-hmm. how do you think? I think that's important. You just have an open conversation with the employee and then review the employee's work environment for potential exposure and include any other instances of COVID in the workplace. So um, to clarify that even, even deeper. So according to OSHA, the case is likely to be work-related if there's outbreaks at work. So that's, you know, hey, if, if Johnny is tested positive with COVID and he's working in the same shop or vicinity that there's an outbreak in, then you right. need to have common sense there and understand that that is, that that is a, an indicator that he did um, contracts COVID through the workplace. Right. Number two, a case of COVID that is contracted shortly after lengthy, close exposure to a particular customer or coworker who has a confirmed case of COVID when there is no alternative explanation. Number three, a case of COVID in an individual whose job duties include having frequent close exposure to the general public or um, a facility with ongoing community transmission where there's no alternative explanation. So if, again, going back to this Johnny character, if he was riding in a truck um, for a week straight with somebody who tested positive, then it is safe to assume that that is how he contracted COVID. Um, And then the last resource I'll give you is according to OSHA, the case is likely not to be work-related if one, the individual is the only worker to contract COVID-19 in their vicinity and their job duties do not include having frequent contact with the general public, regardless of the rate of community spread. And number two, if the individual who's outside the workplace closely who outside the workplace closely and frequently associated with someone who has COVID-19 and they're not a co-worker and they're exposed and um so if their family member if their mom if their child if their spouse is is sick and they were you know, felt comfortable to to share that with you then right. it's like okay um, yeah yeah which I mean again kind of gets down to like you can't just like like you just gotta you gotta ask questions you gotta like figure yeah. you gotta kind of do the best you can yeah. Do, does stuff like this go in your like OSHA 300 logs? Absolutely. So when, so when you determine that this is a workplace, um, a workplace injury or illness here, illness, then you have to think of two categories is, um, if somebody contracts COVID in the workplace, well, they're going to be quarantined at their house, which means that they are having days away from work. So that alone is what requires, that's what triggers this illness to be recorded on your ocean. Gotcha. And so since they're having right. days away from work or gosh forbid, there's a hospitalization. So has an employee been hospitalized with a work-related confirmed case of COVID? If that's a yes, then report this case to OSHA within 24 hours. Not only do you have to record it on your OSHA log, but you have to report it to your local um, OSHA agency as well. And then obviously fatality, your contact in OSHA. So don't forget those two things as well. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of as we bring this to a close, like what, what should safety managers be doing? Like they should be doing all these things, I guess, less than like, what should they be doing? Like um, more in, you know, how do they stay up to date with all the changing stuff? Like things have, 
you know, they're changing so quick. It's hard to know, like, what's the rule and what's the suggestion. Um, and so what would your recommendation be for safety managers when, as of right now, as of January 29th, 2021, yeah. there's not crystal clear clarity on where you, you know, here's exactly what you should be doing as an employer. Where do safety managers, where should they be going? What should they be doing to stay up to date? I would 100% recommend frequently visiting CDC's website. And CDC has a page specifically designed for um, guidance for employ for small businesses, for employers. Right. And so I... That's the most updated information when you go onto OSHA's website. OSHA mainly directs you to CDC. So that is where I found the best, most up-to-date web um, information. Cool. Yeah, that's great. And we'll continue to bring these conversations to you. Um, you know, yes, an executive order was just signed, but uh, who knows when that, like when something will actually come out, I'm sure OSHA is working on it. Yeah. And, uh, if you're listening, like if, if you're not subscribed to the show, like stay, you know, subscribe to the show, keep coming back. Cause as this develops, we'll continue talking about it. So exactly. even though it's kind of like, Hey, we don't have answers to all the questions. Apollonia, thanks for just providing some recommendations in the midst of all this. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Feel free to contact us and look forward to continuing this conversation and helping you out. Awesome. Well, till next time. Till next time. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Apollonia Rockwell Show. We would love to connect with you and maybe even work with you. If you're interested in getting in touch with Apollonia and our team, then go ahead and head over to truesafetyservices.com or click the link in the show notes to get directly in contact with our team. We would love to schedule a call with you and have a no pressure call where we just learn about your safety program and our team will share what some of our recommendations on how you can improve your safety culture and your safety program at your company. We look forward to talking with you. Make sure to join us next week on the Apollonia Rockwell Show. Thank you.